0: It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Over 34 million children and adults have diabetes in the United States, 1.5 million Americans are diagnosed with diabetes every year, and diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. This morning, we focus on diabetes. From questions like what is prediabetes, what is insulin, type 1, type 2 diabetes, what is a good blood glucose level, and how do you prepare for meals as a diabetic? Plus, who's at risk for diabetes and the impact diabetes has on loved ones. We'll answer all those questions and more. For more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now and join the conversation there as well. And remember, you can always listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We begin this morning with Dr. Colin Carricker. He is with UC Health, where he is an endocrinologist. It's our pleasure to welcome you to the show this morning. Doctor, good morning, and how are you? I'm doing well, yourself? I'm doing great. Now, let's start at the beginning. Let's go to the very basics. What is happening to the body when it comes to diabetes?
1: Okay, so what I like to do is start with basic definitions, right? What is diabetes mellitus? It's a it's a it's any number of conditions that results in high blood sugars. And uh, these high blood sugars can come from a number of different problems, but primarily there are two major categories of diabetes mellitus, type 1 and type 2. Um, why do we worry about diabetes? It's because those high blood sugars ultimately lead to medical complications. They can hurt the body in a number of different ways. So we want to treat the blood sugars now so that we don't get medical consequences in the future.
0: Okay. So what are good sugar levels like and what's concerning and what's alarming?
1: Yeah. So good sugar levels, again, that's going to be possibly a different answer depending on the patient, but primarily uh, most blood sugars are going to be in the uh, under 100 range or maybe the low 100 range. Um, We define diabetes by fasting blood sugars that exceed 126 or post-meal blood sugars above 200 or even random blood sugars above 200. Um, So when we get to ranges like that, that's when we start to worry about medical risk associated with it.
0: So you are an endocrinologist. Um, What drew you to this field?
1: Uh, That's a very interesting question. Uh, uh, Part of the answer is process of elimination. I went through a lot (laughs) of different rotations in my training, uh, trying to experience as much as I could, uh, recognizing where I had some strengths and where I had some weaknesses, um, endocrinology really appealed to me because I liked the different disease processes. I liked the thought processes that I uh, needed to go through to understand um, what was affecting my patients and I really enjoyed kind of exploring all the different uh, conditions that uh, that that people with hormone problems have and um it just it just clicked with me, and so that 's the way i went
0: okay now what 's the difference and you touched a, a little bit on this, mm-hmm. but what 's the difference between? Type 1 diabetes and type 2.
1: Yes. So type 1 diabetes, uh, that's the one that tends to be diagnosed in youth or, or even adulthood. It can happen. But that's characterized by insulin deficiency. All right? Patients uh, with this condition don't make insulin at all. Um, they've lost that ability due to an autoimmune process. Their immune system has attacked their pancreas, which is where insulin is made, and they lose that insulin production. So those patients, the only treatment— is insulin replacement. You have to give them back insulin by way of injections and sometimes infusions. Type 2 diabetes is characterized by insulin resistance. They make insulin, perhaps a little bit less than the average individual, but they don't respond to insulin quite as well. Um, So those patients have a multitude of medication options uh, because they still have insulin production, and we can work with that a number of different ways. Some type 2 diabetic patients do require insulin injections. But that does not, by default, make them type 1 diabetes.
0: Now, let's talk about being undiagnosed. There are millions of Americans who have diabetes, but they don't even know it. They're undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. How true is that?
1: Uh, That's pretty true, yeah. So so about a quarter of people with uh, diabetes don't know that they have diabetes. Um, So that's quite scary when you think Mm -hmm. about all the possible health consequences. Um, uh, it it is recommended that patients uh, with any potential risk factors be screened for diabetes. And the patients I worry about the most are those who don't have a primary care physician or feel that just because they feel okay, they don't have any medical problems. Sometimes diabetes can uh, uh, be silent, and you wouldn't know about it unless you had the right testing completed.
0: Um, So what are the implications when diabetes is gone undiagnosed. What are the complications and what are the implications there?
1: Mm -hmm. So undiagnosed diabetes essentially means untreated diabetes. That means high blood sugar, which then goes on to cause those consequences I was mentioning earlier. So high blood sugar um, is uh, not always symptomatic, but when those sugars... Uh, start affecting organ systems and other parts of the body, over time you start to get damage to those organ systems. It can range anywhere from uh, the feet, where the nerves can be damaged, leading to pain or numbness. It can lead to amputations of digits, you know, toes or fingers. It can lead to kidney dysfunction, even kidney failure, eye disease, that can be as bad as blindness, um, and uh, even affects the gut and gives you a condition called gastroparesis. So there, there's um, multiple effects, which, again, take time to accumulate. You need high blood sugar and also time to get to that, uh, that consequence. So early detection is important. If you can find the diagnosis early, treat it, and keep those sugars under control, you essentially avoid those consequences.
0: All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, it's all about diabetes. In the studio with me, we're speaking to Dr. Colin (laughs) Carricker. He is with UC Health. He's here this morning again to talk about um, diabetes. Now. Is diabetes, is it on the rise? Are you seeing more cases of people being um, diagnosed with diabetes?
1: Yes. Uh, statistics show that the uh, incidence of diabetes is going up, that more and more people are being diagnosed with diabetes as time goes on. And that includes both type 1 and type 2. Um, there, you know, part of that, at least for the type 2 diabetes, is the rising issue with obesity. Um, big problem in the United States. Um, uh, our average body weight has been going up with every generation. And with that, we're unmasking more and more diabetes in our, in our population. But even type 1 diabetes, again, an autoimmune process, uh, there seems to be a rise in that as well, too. And that's not a condition that's, that's typically worsened by obesity. Um, so there are other factors at play, and some of which we're still trying to figure out.
0: So, doctor, let's talk about who's at an increased risk of diabetes. Is there such a person?
1: Oh, yes. So so I would say any individual who has a family history of diabetes uh, themselves might be at risk. Now, we're not talking somebody who has a remote family history, but perhaps somebody with a first-degree relative or somebody who's not so far removed that might put that person at What's risk. What's a
0: first-degree di- relative? Sorry. So like a sibling, a <laughs> okay. parent,
1: a child, right? Okay. So that's going to be somebody who's going to have an increased risk of diabetes. Um, and certainly from a type 2 diabetes standpoint, anybody who has uh, um, excess body weight or obesity is going to be at risk for uh, diabetes as well, too.
0: So let's talk about some of the warning signs or mm-hmm. symptoms, if you will, of diabetes. For those we talked about, there's so many people living here and they don't even know mm-hmm. that they have diabetes mm-hmm. undiagnosed. What are some of the signs, what are the warning signs, symptoms?
1: Yeah, so the signs might vary depending on whether or not you're a type 1 or a type 2 diabetic. Type 2 diabetes, as I mentioned earlier, could be something that can kind of creep in and not cause any symptoms until it's potentially too late and you have the consequences already. Um, Type 1 diabetes, on the other hand, tends to be more sudden in onset and very uh, rapid in onset. Uh, So patients might experience weight loss, uh, um, increased thirst, increased urination, um, fatigue, just feeling really, really tired all the time. And those patients tend to be, like I said, kind of younger individuals, so uh, uh, adolescents, teens, uh, even early adults. Uh, as far as type 2 diabetes, sometimes, again, it's kind of hard to pick up those symptoms, but they can get some of those features as well too, like thirst and urination. Um, that can happen um, you know, the, the the thing that we don't want to see is diagnosing somebody with diabetes after they've already developed the consequences. So if they're coming in with signs and symptoms of, you know, vision changes or uh, nerve damage in their feet or legs, then you might find out that their diabetes has been pretty bad and been bad for a long time.
0: Let's talk about this now. I understand that there's a link between heart disease and diabetes. How do they work together?
1: Well, the link between heart disease and diabetes tends to be very strong in type 1 diabetes, not as much in type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we worry about A heart attack risk uh, in our type 1 diabetics, that link is not uh, as proven in our type 2 diabetic population. But generally speaking, um, we still consider those type 2 diabetic patients to be at an increased risk of heart disease, Um, probably more so because of all the other medical conditions they may have accumulated at that point. Um, and and the other comorbidities that exist along with diabetes.
0: Now, earlier you talked about diabetes and why it's important to have a primary care physician. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Let's expound more on that and explain why.
1: Well, so in general, I, I recommend all individuals to have a primary care physician. Certainly beyond a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, but but
0: what's that certain age?
1: Well, so <laughs> so you know, there's an there's not a whole a whole lot of preventative health type things that occur prior to age. Uh, 40. So if you're healthy through your youth and you don't really have any medical issues, you know, uh, medical conditions, you know, around age 40 and beyond, then you start to worry about uh, um, kind of preventative health measures, vaccinations, just kind of routine monitoring. So that's kind of when that creeps in for the general population. Um, but, um, you know, as I mentioned, because diabetes can be missed getting in with a primary care doctor even if you feel well allows an opportunity for that physician to screen you for potential health issues that might be there and very very mild so that early detection is key Um, and that's why we want our patients to have a primary care physician just to be sure there's somebody watching them
0: okay and again in case you're just tuning in this morning you're listening to sunday morning magazine i'm rodney lear for more information on the show you can like us on our facebook page Visit Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. This morning, we're talking diabetes. Now, doctor, so let's talk about treatment. What does Mm -hmm. treatment look like? You talked Mm -hmm. about insulin Mm -hmm. and some things, but what does treatment look like? for diabetes, and I'm sure it would vary. Yeah. Okay, so generally speaking.
1: So as I mentioned earlier, yeah, so type 1 diabetes, really the only treatment is insulin. You have to give back insulin by way of shots or infusions, Um, and the goal there is to replace insulin in a physiologic manner, meaning we're trying to give insulin in a way that mimics what the body would have normally done on its own if Mm -hmm. it were producing insulin. So type 1 diabetes, the treatment decision is quite easy. you got to give them insulin, but you got to give them the right dose, at the right time. Okay. And that's something that your endocrinologist can work with you on if that's the treatment of choice. For type 2 diabetes, on the other hand, again, we have a host of medication options, all different types of medications, drug classes that can uh, help with the diabetes through different mechanisms. So uh, the concept there is add medications to help the body deal with the high blood sugars better, more efficiently. And if you don't achieve treatment goals with that single medication or two medications, you might start adding additional medications. Uh, the benefit there is that you don't necessarily have to use insulin, which is a difficult regimen to, uh, to use. Um, so we try very hard to use a lot of the non-insulin medications, which can be pills or injections, um, and really kind of search for a regimen that works for that particular individual. And this is where there's no one recipe for all individuals. It's really individualized and should be individualized to find a regimen that works for the patient.
0: Okay. Yeah. So in terms of treatment, again, what what is new? Because I see some new technology. I, I've seen people with Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, for lack of saying a patch or something on their arm, sure. um, let's talk about what's new for maybe someone that's just been diagnosed yeah. or someone who's been diagnosed years ago, but what's new in terms yeah. of treatment?
1: So I think the hot topic now in diabetes is uh, what are called glucose sensors. People love these things. Okay. These uh, So traditionally, if we wanted to know what a blood sugar was, um, if you weren't getting a Blood draw at a lab, you are actually literally poking your finger with a needle, getting mm-hmm. a drop of blood, and measuring a single blood glucose value now that 's very important for somebody who 's taking insulin because they might have to dose their insulin based on what that blood sugar value is so with these glucose sensors now we have much more of that glucose data um, in, in a much simpler fashion so these are these are devices that are uh, stuck to the arm or possibly the belly, and what they can do is transmit sugar information, glucose information, to a receiver device. And that could be even a cell phone, right? Mm. So now patients have ready access in real time to their glucose data using technology that they're familiar with um, by way of one of these sensor devices. That's, that's, um, that's really popular these days. Um, and both my type 1s and my type 2s are using these devices and, and definitely getting a lot of uh, positive reviews. Patients uh, feel really um, relieved Mm-hmm. Of the of the uh burden of having to poke their finger with a needle. Because that can be very painful and very um uh difficult to do over many, many years. Mm-hmm.
0: Vacations so. and all kinds of things you have yeah. to you even things you don't think about, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um let's talk about some common myths about diabetes. Okay. Um what's out there and let's debunk some of these myths.
1: So this concept of Uh, having to eat a special diet, right? So a lot of people come in, they say, well, you know, I've been given this diagnosis of diabetes and now I have to eat special food, you know, strange food that I don't like. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, I think uh, what patients really need to recognize about diabetes and diet is that it's a certain element within your diet that's actually impacting the blood sugars and that's carbohydrates. Just Mm -hmm. a big, long, fancy word for sugar, right? And carbohydrates can come in many forms. It can be sweet things like, soda and juice and cookies and pastries and candies and things like that, but they can also be things like breads and pastas and rices. So it's more so understanding where are all your carbohydrates coming from and how do I control the amounts that are coming in? And some carbohydrates are better than others, for lack of a better term, you know, whole grains versus uh, processed um, flour products. You know, there's a way that you can modify the types and amounts of foods that you eat without necessarily eating, quote, special food, okay? So with proper education, we can teach our patients to choose their foods a little bit more wisely and in such a way that actually helps control their diabetes better.
0: Okay, okay. Um, what about all these sugar free foods that mm-hmm. you know everybody mm-hmm. thinks okay it 's sugar free I can have it i 'm a diabetic yeah. How true yeah. is that
1: Well, the way I like to describe it is that there are two labels to every product there 's the label <laughs> that you see on the front of the product, right, which gives you the idea of how healthy it might be, mm-hmm. but then there 's the nutrition label on the back and what I encourage my patients to do is to. You know, not be so sold on what they see on the front of a package, but flip it around, look at the nutrition label, and get a sense as to how many carbohydrates are actually in that product. Not everything is labeled, honestly. Let's just put it that way. Hmm. Okay? So don't be tricked by marketing schemes. Sometimes what you really need to do is just learn how to interpret your nutrition labels. So flip that product around, look at that carbohydrate amount. Pay attention to the serving sizes. Yes, and and you'll know how many carbohydrates you're getting.
0: Uh, okay. that, I was going to bring that up because mm-hmm. you can look on the back of the label and it's, and it says, wow, it's this many carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. You're like, great, but per one serving, and it mm-hmm. might be if it's whatever it is, it might be like three of them. Yeah, three the, tiny peas or exactly. whatever.
1: Exactly, the unit that you buy isn't necessarily one serving; it may be multiple servings, and people get tricked by that all the time.
0: All right, good point. So what kind of education? You touched on this, but let's talk about educational opportunities that are available for diabetics. You know, if you've just been diagnosed or maybe you even might have a spouse and you Mm -hmm. don't know much about diabetes, Mm -hmm. um, maybe newly married or whatever, uh, a child that's born with diabetes. And you you just want to educate yourself about diabetes. Um, What resources are available here in the city?
1: Right. So at least at the University of Cincinnati, we do have a a, a team within our diabetes center, a team of educators, dieticians, care coordinators, and and all the uh, physicians and nurse practitioners that see patients. And they are happy to educate not only the patients, but also their family members. Um, So you can do something formal like that through a clinic setting. Right, Um, many primary care offices uh, have access to diabetes education as well too. So these are things that you should be able to access readily. There are also group classes that can be done where you can learn uh, among uh, a whole host of individuals who might have had a new diagnosis and learn as a group, taking the pressure off, so to speak, of of doing a one-on-one session. There's also a lot of resources online as well too um, uh, for patients with type one diabetes. I encourage uh, them to check out a website called JDRF. Junior Diabetes Research Foundation. That's got a multitude of resources for patients with uh, newly diagnosed diabetes, people who've had diabetes for a long time. It's a great, great resource. And then also the uh, American Diabetes Association has uh, several websites as well too, teaching people about both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We also have uh, support group offered for people with both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. If patients are interested in this, this is uh, this can be done through our UC Health uh, Endocrinology uh, Division. They can call 513-475-7400 for more information.
0: And finally this morning, as we wrap up um, with you, doctor, as a physician, as an endocrinologist, what's the biggest piece of advice you can offer to a newly diagnosed um, diabetes patient?
1: Learn as much as you can about your diagnosis. If there's one thing I've seen stand between a patient and achieving their medical goals, it's knowledge. They have to understand what their diagnosis is, what it can do to them, and what things that they have control over. A lot of patients feel powerless when they have this diagnosis, and that is absolutely not true. There is so much that can be done to help a patient, but you have to understand what your diagnosis is and how you can actually treat it. So ask a lot of questions. Write things down while you're seeing your doctor, right? Save up those questions for the next visit and learn, learn, learn as much as possible and work with your doctor, work with your educator to uh, use any and all resources that might be at your disposal to get this thing under control now because, again, early detection, early control means a healthier, longer life for you.
0: All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. Thank you so much, Doctor. If our listeners again, if they would like to find out more about you, if they would like to find out more about diabetes or what you offer at UC Health. How can they find out more?
1: Our clinic number is 513-475-7400. If you want to see somebody that specializes in the management of diabetes, um, ask your doctor to send a referral. Call our office. Get in for a new appointment. We've got plenty of availability and very, very happy to help you out.
0: Thank you, doctor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We've been speaking to Dr. Colin Carricker with UC Health, where he's an endocrinologist. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch.
1: It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes.